The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home, for it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife into his home. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So here we are, fourth Sunday of Advent, and we're actually, again, hearing this gospel from Matthew, sort of hearing the Christmas story already, the version that Matthew tells us of it. And as you notice, he tells the story from the point of view of Joseph. I love St. Joseph. And in fact, what we need are more St. Josephs in this world of ours. I want to talk about three things that Joseph teaches us, but before I do that, we need to understand a little bit about first century Jewish marriage. There were two steps when you got married. The first one was betrothal. And this is not like our engagement today. When a couple was betrothed, they gathered with their family and friends and they made their vows with these witnesses. And at this point, they're considered legally married. But step two came, and and sometimes up to a year later, when the husband would finally come to his wife's home, her parents' home, and have her come with him finally into his home. And of course, that's when they would consummate the marriage. So it's before step two that Mary turns up pregnant. And what Joseph doesn't understand yet in the story is that this is a gift and and a miracle in the work of the Holy Spirit. But what Matthew tells us is that Joseph is a righteous man. This is my first point. He's a righteous man which in simple terms means he loves the Lord. He wants to do what God would have him do. He wants to follow God's holy word. We're given a great description of this in the very first psalm, Psalm 1. It says these words, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. That's Joseph in a nutshell. He loves the Lord. He delights in God's law, his Torah, his word. He walks in that law. He meditates on that law. Now, of course, that law said in the Old Testament that someone caught in adultery, as it appeared Mary had done, should be stoned to death. However, the Romans occupied what we know as Israel. And the Romans didn't allow the Jews to exercise capital punishment. So 
the righteous thing to do according to the law was to divorce such a person. But here's where we begin to see how deep the righteousness of Joseph is. See, he's not interested just in the legalisms of it, right? Where, you know, she broke the rules, she broke the law, she deserves to be punished. Well, and you could understand why he might feel that way, his hurt, his embarrassment, why he might want that kind of justice for what she had done. But his righteousness is deeper than that. His righteousness is much more about doing the right thing, about what God would do. Remember, he delights in the ways of the Lord and and who God is. And that very same law of God, the Torah, gives us this beautiful description of God's very nature from Exodus 34. The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Like his Lord, Joseph loves Mary, and he wants to be merciful. So this is why he decides, well, I'm going to divorce her quietly so I can save her the embarrassment and and all the shame of of a public, nasty divorce. And so Joseph plans to do that. It's interesting, it didn't come through as well in this translation, but the Greek there suggests that while he's still thinking about this, This too shows us about his righteousness. He's thinking about doing it this way, but it shows us that he's still pondering. He's still wondering. He's he's still contemplating. In fact, he's certainly making some time for prayer and coming to the Lord saying, Lord, what do I do with this mess? This is a part of his righteousness too, that in Joseph's life, there, there was this space. There was this room that he allowed for God to come and to speak and to act in this situation. Joseph didn't act rashly. He didn't act, react emotionally or in anger. But he seeks the Lord. And that brings me to my second point, what we learn from Joseph, that Joseph is a dreamer. Like the Old Testament Joseph, remember the one with the amazing Technicolor dream coat, right? This Joseph is also a dreamer. Now there's, I figure, a couple of kinds of people in this world. There are those who have no dreams, They have no plans for life, they have no direction in life, and they are literally wasting and squandering the gift of life that God has given to them. And then there are people who have big dreams, right? And they pursue those dreams relentlessly and even ruthlessly, but their dreams are about themselves, about what they want and and how they want to be successful in life. Notice, though, for Joseph, this is all about not his dream, but God's dream. It's God who is the one who gives Joseph this dream. It's a gift to him. What Joseph does, though, again, this righteous man, is he's open to that dream. He has the spiritual capacity to discern that this is from the Lord, right? That this dream wasn't just because his mind is playing tricks on him or that he ate some bad sushi last night for dinner and so, you know, who knows what's going on. You know, wait, an angel appeared to me and says, my wife got pregnant by the Holy Spirit. What's that all about? No, but he sees and discerns that this is from the Lord and that it's true. Which is the third thing then we learn from Joseph is that he acts. He's obedient. He doesn't just think about these things. He doesn't just dream about these things. He acts and he is obedient to what God calls him to do. He follows the Lord and he does it courageously. 
Let's not forget the courage. I think it's why the angel said to him, Joseph, don't be afraid. He needed courage to do this. You can only imagine all the things that were being said around Nazareth, the scandal this must have caused in a small town. Joseph doesn't care about that. He doesn't care what anybody else has to say. He only cares about what God says and what God calls him to do. And even greater than that, there's a great risk in protecting Mary and her child. We're going to hear about this next week. But from the moment that he is born, demonic forces are out to destroy this child. And what does Joseph do? He protects this child. And he protects Mary. He puts himself between Mary and the child and the devil and all of those demonic forces. What's the thing Adam failed to do in the garden for Eve? He just stood by the side. Let the devil go after her. My friends, we need St. Joseph's in this world now. Sisters, if you would forgive me for a moment, I want to talk especially to you, my brothers. We all need you. <laughs> I need to be. We all need to be brothers, St. Joseph. This is what God's calling us to do. We need to be righteous men, men who love the Lord, men who delight in his word, who love his word, men who are connected to him in prayer, men who the, the hungering desire of our hearts is for the Holy Eucharist, for Jesus. And brothers, we've got to be men who dream dreams, but not dreams about ourselves and our own self-importance and what we're going to achieve in this world. We need to be open to God's dreams for our lives don't start making your plans about what you want to do. Ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me do? Where are you leading me and guiding me? And finally, brothers, we've got to be obedient. Not just think about these things, not just dream about these things, but do what the Lord calls us to do. And it requires courage, courage to be a follower of Jesus. Being a follower of Jesus for us as men, especially is those who God places in our life. It means taking up the responsibility that God gives us. Why do so many men run from their responsibility? Because they're afraid. They're afraid of what it's going to cost them. They're afraid they won't live up to it. They're afraid they don't have enough to do what needs to be done. They're afraid. Friends, we need courage. Courage. We've got to stop being, brother, so passive and indifferent so distant, so absent, so selfish. My brothers, brothers, it's time for courage. It's time to think about the people that God places in your life and to say, I'm going to put myself between the devil and anyone or anything that is going to try to harm them. I'll sacrifice myself to protect them. My brothers, You've got to protect yourself. You need to become like St. Joseph, the guardian of your own heart. I have to become the guardian of my own heart as well because the evil one wants to destroy us. I'm pleading with you, my brothers. I'm pleading with myself. Trust me, I am preaching to myself. We've got to be St. Joseph. As we now approach Christmas, I want us all to think about this great mystery. This fascinates me. Almighty God sends his only son, who is also, by the way, Almighty God, right? They share that. But the Son of God comes into this world and makes himself weak and vulnerable to the point 
that he has to entrust himself to the protection, to the provision, and the leadership of an ordinary peasant carpenter named Joseph from Nazareth. Now, God had promised King David that someday he would put a son on David's throne who would rule forever. And God is faithful to his promises. So what does he do? He calls Joseph, son of David, to be faithful, to take this child as his own, and to give to this child what every child needs, a father, an identity, and a name. And if Joseph ever asked himself, how am I going to do this? I mean, who am I? And remember, sometimes we think of virtuous men like, oh, these great godly saints. This is an ordinary guy. He's a carpenter. He's a guy who works with his hands. He's just like, any, he's a truly any old Joe. But God calls him. And I can only imagine he must have asked, oh my goodness, how am I going to do this? I remember the first time I held my firstborn in my arms, I'm like, oh my goodness, how am I going to do this? I have no idea. Imagine holding the Son of God in your arms. How am I going to do this? But if you ever said that, the Bible doesn't say that. In fact, the Scripture never records one word from St. Joseph. He, he doesn't ever say anything in the Bible. But he says everything with his actions, with what he does. And St. Joseph, if you think about it in Matthew's gospel, he is the first disciple of his adopted son. He's the first disciple of his adopted son. And of all the things to learn from him, and this is the final thing, this is it, friends. All of that super virtue of this ordinary Joe, was because he recognized that this child in his arms is Emmanuel, God with us. And that's the very thing that God has given to every one of us. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, that's what Christmas is all about, how our God has come to be with us. And surely Joseph not only named him Jesus, Joseph had to call on that name. Because like every one of us, Joseph wasn't a perfect man. And so he had to call on the name of his adopted son, Jesus. His name means the Lord saves. And as Matthew said, because he will save us from our sins. So as we now enter into and get ready for our Christmas celebration... I'd like you to take just a moment to think on this, all of us, about God with us, Emmanuel, Jesus. And what Joseph shows us above all is that not only does he hold him in his arms like this picture shows, he holds Jesus in his hearts, in his heart. And friends, I'd like you to think about that and pray about that just for a moment, about holding Jesus, God with us, in your heart.